What's going on? What's going on? What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Instant Replay Podcast. As always, I am your host, Dominic Shirosky. And ooh, hold on. Let me let the Red Hot Chili Peppers keep rocking out for a second. Hold on. Alrighty, we're back, we're back, we're back, we're back. <laughs> I like that song. Alrighty. Um, a lot of stuff to get into today. A lot of stuff to get into today. Um, first things first, I do want to say thank you all for bearing with me. Um, I was doing a little bit of traveling yesterday, so I was not able to post on Tuesday. Um, so thank you for dealing with this day late episode of the Instant Replay. Um, I promise I will be back to regularly scheduled programming on Tuesdays next week and I do not plan on having any more late uh podcast episodes moving forward so thank you all for dealing with that for me and understanding um a lot of stuff to get into a lot of stuff to get into there was actually there was actually some important uh sporting news this past this past week you know uh, it's, it's there's been a lot of me having to maybe fish for content um these past couple weeks with these quarantine editions of the uh, podcast, but uh, some some important things came out. Um, I do actually have to start off by saying rest in peace to Tavares Jackson, Jacqueline Towns, and Hank Steinbrenner. Um, for those of you who don't know, uh, Tavares Jackson is a former NFL quarterback. He passed away in a car accident on Monday. Um, Jacqueline Towns is actually the mother of NBA uh, superstar Minnesota Timberwolves player, Carl uh, Anthony Towns. We learned that she, about a month ago, um, tested positive for COVID-19. Um, she recently passed away from complications from the coronavirus. And Hank Steinbrenner, who was the co-owner of the New York Yankees, passed away. Um, sad, sad news. You know, it's it's never anything that you want to hear. Um, and it's just, with everything going on, you know, it, it's it's a reminder in situations like these that, you know, life is, is short, you know, that you can't take anything for granted. Um, make the most out of every day because tomorrow isn't promised. Um, so I just want to say, you know, thoughts and prayers to the families of these individuals um, and rest in peace to Tavares Jackson, Jacqueline Towns, Hank Steinbrenner, you all will be missed and gone way too soon, um, but you will not be forgotten. So moving on from the sad news into sports news, um, some Really big news in the NBA if you are a Chicago Bulls fan, which I am. Um, being from Illinois, uh, in Waukegan, just outside of Chicago, I was super excited <laughs> to hear this news. This is probably the best news I've gotten throughout this entire pandemic, is that the Bulls finally decided to move on from Gar Pax. Gar Foreman... Um, was fired and John Paxson has been reassigned, <laughs> which is a nice way of saying 
you're fired, but we're not firing you. Yeah. Um, basically, he got demoted, essentially. Um, but if you have followed the NBA in any way, shape, or form, you know that the Bulls front office of Gar Foreman and John Paxson as the general managers and uh, president of basketball operations, you know that Chicago fans have been calling for the end of their tenure for quite some time. I mean, even this year, in during the All-Star Game, Chicago fans raised money to put out a billboard in the city of Chicago that read, Fire Gar Packs. Like, the amount <laughs> of just pure hatred and disdain that Chicago fans have had for this duo is incredible. And it makes no sense that they've been able to last this long. Like, Jerry Reinsdorf basically was just like, yeah, I hear you all complaining, but I don't really care. <laughs> well, finally, the Reinsdorf family listened. Um, Gar Foreman was fired. John Paxson, like I said, reassigned, a.k.a. fired, but you're still part of the team. Um, and it's, you know, it's, it's great for the Bulls and not only just the fans, but the players in general, because it, it finally feels like, okay, we're getting a fresh start. Like we're actually starting to get the wheels turning because when you look at the Bulls and I will say this about Gar and Pax, acquiring talent was never their issue. I don't, th- I don't even think evaluating talent was ever their issue. I think they always did a pretty okay job with the drafts. Um, I never thought that they like, you know, built bad teams. I think it was always a culture problem with them. And more so it was a problem of butting heads and, you know, reputations and relationships with both players and coaches and things like that. Um, Gar and Pex wanted yes men around. It's why they got rid of Tom Thibodeau. It's why they got rid of Jimmy Butler. Um, they don't like guys that get out of line, so to speak. They don't like guys that speak up and probably will say, well, no, that's not what I want to do. Um, I have a vision for this team as well, and I'm not going to sit back and just let you dictate everything. Um, so things like that going on for far too long. I mean, I, really, this this move should have happened at at the very least five years ago, but um, the move finally did happen. I do, I am, and another thing that I'm actually super excited about is who they are hiring to replace, um, you know, all of this is former Nuggets, um, front office affiliate, Arturis Karnasovas, who, if he can bring any sort of stability and you know, that kind of culture that they have in Denver to Chicago. I think the Bulls are right back in contention. I think as when you look at this team, you look at the Bulls, there's no reason this Bulls team shouldn't be a playoff team. When you look at the talent that they have, especially with the fact that they're in the Eastern Conference, which is a weaker conference than the Western Conference, even though the Eastern Conference is now starting to pick it up and it's starting, there's starting to be more really respectable teams in that conference. There's no reason the Bulls should not be fighting for a playoff spot with the current roster that they have. You know, when you have 
in my opinion, a legitimate superstar in Zach Levine. You have a very impressive young commodity in Laurie Markkinen. You have a very good, another young commodity in Wendell Carter. You have Kobe White, um, who started to figure things out towards the end of the season. Um, You still have Chris Dunn on the team. Um, There's a lot of talent on that team. There's a lot of talent on that squad, and they definitely should be winning more than, you know, 20, 30 games every year. Um, so if, if, if our tourists can bring that to Chicago, watch out because I think that means the bulls get better. And quite honestly, the bulls are one of those teams where when they are better, the NBA is better. You know, like there are certain teams where, you know, just because of when, whenever the NBA, you know, and in, in, in all honesty, in any sport, when you have historically great franchises, you know, teams that have, you know, celebrated histories and have, you know, been to been at the top level of their sport, you know, and things like that and have achieved so much success, it bodes well for said sport when those teams are still relevant. You know, like, point blank period. The NBA this year, before it's, obviously the season was suspended due to um, COVID-19, the NBA this year was amazing. Like, it was so much fun watching the NBA this year. Why? Well, one, because obviously we all kind of felt like this was finally the first year in many years where we knew or, well, we didn't know who was going to win the championship. You know, like, we felt like it's an open race. You know, it's an open field. There's parity within the league, and anyone could win. But one of the big reasons why the NBA was really, really interesting this year was because the Lakers were good. You know, the Lakers were one of those historic franchises. They had the best conference in the – they had the best record in the Western Conference. They had the second-best record in the league in totality and it's just like when that team is better the nba is better because it's more eyes watching it brings more people it brings more excitement you know the bulls are one of those teams you know chicago is one of those cities where when they are good it's better for sports you know when the knicks are good it's better for the nba when boston is good it's better for the nba when the spurs are good it's better for the nba you know in 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 football you know when dallas is good it's better for the nfl you know, things like that. When So it's things like that are all part of, you know, just generating excitement for these leagues. It's a good thing when it's his, when the historic franchises live up to their past and they are building upon the legacy as opposed to tarnishing the legacy, you know. So I think the Bulls, the Bulls getting back, and like I said, it just feels like a fresh start. Even Zach Levine spoke about, you know, how it it feels like a fresh start and how he's excited to lead this kind of new-look Bulls. And, you know, it finally feels like we're getting the, the wheels turning. You know, like it feels like the Bulls have kind of been stuck in the mud for the past couple years. Um, it feels like, okay, now we've, we finally got some leverage. We finally got out of the mud. We're back on the road let's go out there and get back to winning titles. Um, 
so I'm excited to hear that. Also, with this move, with them moving on from Gar Foreman and essentially demoting John Paxson, it and like I said, them bringing in a someone new, it only makes sense that Jim Bolin will probably be fired as the head coach, which. And this is not a personal attack on Jim Bolin. I have nothing against him personally. Uh, Jim Bolin, quite frankly, is the worst head coach in Chicago Bulls history. Like, they promoted him after Fred Hoiberg got the job, and it felt like they just didn't want to do their due diligence to actually go through and vet some of the other candidates for head coaching jobs that were out there and was just like, eh, just give it to Jim and we'll be all right. We don't really care. You know, we don't feel like actually interviewing and finding somebody to fix this problem. Um, but Jim, uh, listen, <laughs> and again, like I said, it's nothing personal against him. Quite frankly, you just don't have what it takes to be an NFL or an NBA head coach, at least not in Chicago. It didn't work out here. Maybe you can go somewhere else and get it to work, but eh, probably not. Jim Bolin was a terrible hire. They shouldn't have left left the team in his hands. But if he does get fired, um, that bodes well for the Bulls. I will say the name that jumps to the top of the list and that I genuinely hope and pray that the Bulls do go out and hire once Jim Bolin is fired, David Fisdale. David Fisdale is one hell of a head coach. I think he is tremendous. Um as far as scheming, as far as talking to guys, building relationships with players. He's someone that everywhere he goes, the players respect him. They listen. I think he's a great teacher. I think he's a great leader. I think he like he's everything that you want in a head coach. I think, you know, and the Knicks fired him earlier this season. That's because James Dolan is an idiot and he's just a fool and doesn't know how to run that organization and in all honesty should sell the franchise because he has no idea what he's doing but James Dolan is a fool he's going to be a fool for the rest of his life David Fisdale is a great head coach and I think the Bulls you give David Fisdale you know Zach Levine Laurie Markkinen Wendell Carter Kobe White Chris Dunn he'll make some things shake (laughs) he'll make that work out in Chicago. So I'm super excited about that. Um, that was huge news, like I said, just for the NBA in general, but for Bulls fans more specifically. Um, it was like, wow, you guys finally like listened to us. So uh, huge news there. That was great to hear. Um, while we're speaking about the NBA, I want to give a ton of credit to Adam Silver and the NBA. Uh, and it feels like I'm doing this like every week now, but they, they've been doing a tremendous job of dealing with this pandemic and doing a tremendous job of trying to create a feel of normalcy and giving uh people distractions you know just something to watch so that way we're not always kind of paranoid or like we're not always missing sports you know they put on the 2k tournament uh with 16 nba players um devin booker actually faced off against his teammate deandre ayton in the finals devin booker won the little 2K tournament that they did. They had the first round of their horse challenge um, last week. Um, the semifinals is actually going to be this Thursday uh, where Chauncey Billups and Mike Conley will face off and Zach Levine and Ali Quigley will face off. Um, oh, I'll, while we're talking about this horse challenge, I think Zach Levine is going to win this whole thing. 
Um, I said that before when I first heard like the lineups, and I was like, "Oh, Zach, Zach is gonna kill this. Like Zach, Zach is gonna kill this." Um, I was surprised Trey Young got bounced out in the first round. Chauncey Billups got Trey Young out of there. That was surprising to me. <laughs> that was surprising. Allie Quigley getting Chris Paul out of there was crazy too. Like it was, like I said, and and you know, like I said, it's given us something to talk about. It's something to watch, and like you know, stuff like that. That's why I think. I give so much credit to the NBA. I will say this. I think the National Basketball Association has handled dealing with this pandemic and dealing with this coronavirus situation better than any other organization, point blank, period. And that's not just limited to sports. I feel like any other company in America and things like that, of all of them, of all the organizations, of all the associations, of all the companies, um, the NBA has handled it the best. They've done a tremendous job with this. Um, and like I said, just giving the fans something to watch, something to talk about. Um, so I want to—I I do want to give them a ton of credit because they do deserve it for all of the great things that they've done with this. Um, moving on to the NFL. Uh, obviously, the biggest news in the NFL is that the NFL draft will still be happening, and it actually will be here next week. Um, cannot cannot wait for that. Super excited about that one. Um, they did come out earlier um, yesterday and basically kind of gave a little bit more insight into how the draft is going to take place. So we knew that the draft was going to take place in some sort of virtual aspect, Um the NFL just released a little bit more information about how it's going to go down. So for the first round, um, Roger Goodell will still be announcing the picks as he would if it was still being held in Las Vegas as if, you know, normally. However, Roger Goodell will be announcing the picks from his basement <laughs> in New York. <laughs> you know, at his home, uh, Roger Goodell is going to be home. He's going to be in his basement on a camera, you know, video chatting or whatever, and he's going to be announcing the picks um, on television, you know, through live broadcasting or whatever. Um, as far as the teams, all 32 teams uh, basically will be connected via one video conference. Um, they're going to be using some modified form of the Microsoft Teams application. So no, the NFL won't be using Zoom like the rest of us. <laughs> um, and there will also be a separate uh, broadband connection with members of the league office. So, you know, that's all great. Also, one of the things that I heard that I think is absolutely incredible, which is going to be really funny to see, um, is that the NFL sent out like a bunch of press kits, basically, like production kits to a bunch of the players that were originally going to, you know, be that you know they thought would be selected in the first round or you know guys that said that they would like to attend the draft and things like that they got invitations to attend um they basically sent them like little production kits that have like uh, you know cameras and lighting equipment <laughs> so that way like they can capture all the moments of them you know figuring out that they're going to be drafted <laughs> you know so like these guys who are now going from like college yeah, like they're going from college football player to like TV producer for like one day, which is going to be really funny. I think that's we're going to get some funny looks out of that, just seeing how some guys set things up or whatever. It's that to me was really funny, just 
trying to think of these guys, trying to figure all of that out uh, is going to be pretty funny. Um, we also did learn, though, that, you know, while everyone is working, you know, like I said, the 32 teams will be on the video conference. However, um, every individual, you know, coaches, general managers, scouts, everyone will be home. There will be no meetings. There will be no gatherings. Um, you know, there will be essentially there will be no war room that like we're used to seeing where we, you know, you can tap into the camera and, you know, you'll see everyone as they're working on things and stuff like that. Um, everyone's going to be home, um, which is going to be interesting to see how this plays out. Because one of the things that we, you just 100% know is going to happen is that something's going to go wrong. <laughs> um, like someone is going to lose, like their Wi-Fi connection is going to go out. Uh, a camera battery is going to die. Their phone might ha mess up. Like something is going to happen because that's what happens when you use this much technology. There's bound to be some sort of technical difficulty. Um, so it's going to be, it's going to be interesting to see everything and how this all plays out. I think it's going to make for great TV because I think that means that we're going to see a ton of teams and a ton of guys scrambling to try and make picks. Um, when it, Also, when it comes to making picks, um, one of the big questions is how are the picks, you know, going to be sent in? Uh, but more importantly, with these technical difficulties that are bound to happen, are teams going to get more time? to make their picks, you know, like in the first round teams are allotted 10 minutes to make the pick. And then that time incrementally gets um, lower as the rounds progress. Will teams get more time? Like what happens if like there's a technical difficulty and then a team maybe misses their pick, you know, like the Minnesota Vikings did back in the day, uh, back in like 2002, you know, where they missed their pick. Um, Will teams, like, will they put the whole draft on hold and be like, well, they had technical difficulties, so we'll, we'll give them a second, you know, or will Roger Goodell and the NFL just be like, hey, make sure your Wi-Fi is, <laughs> like, make sure you got good Wi-Fi and make sure your stuff's fully uh, charged. Uh, technical difficulties, that's on your end. If you uh, mess up, ah, too bad. Like, <laughs> it's, it's going to be interesting to see how this all plays out because like i said it's bound to happen that something somewhere is going to go wrong um you also have the the fear that you know what if someone's connection or you know their their stream or you know their their video chat or whatever is hacked um i i understand the the fear of that i don't think you'll get that from other teams because I don't think I don't think any of the teams will attempt that strictly because at least not directly because if the teams are found out that you tried to hack into somebody else's draft room or try and steal someone's pick or something like that or, or sabotage their draft, I can only imagine the massive hammer that Roger Goodell would drop down on them. I mean, like I'm talking, Macho man Randy Savage off the top ropes, just elbow drop type discipline. It I don't think any team would try it. I think what's we should look out for is maybe some rogue fans 
who might, you know, have some dealings in, in hacking and whatnot, trying to do stuff and things like that. But I, I seriously doubt. Well, I won't say I seriously doubt. I think some teams might try it as far as maybe they'll like try and get like a third party to do it and just be like, hey, just like don't say you have any affiliation with us or anything like that. But I can't imagine just because with I can't imagine many teams trying it just with the simple fact of the amount of punishment that you would garner from this would be absolutely insane. Um, But We'll see what happens. Like I said, it's going to make for great TV. Uh, I'm super excited. Um, if you want, actually, I am going to be doing a live stream, uh, basically a live show with uh, some of my colleagues from Nuts and Bolts Sports, uh, just going through some of the picks in the first round, um, talking about, you know, if the guy fits, do we think it was the right pick, things like that, you know, just giving our analysis on some of the teams and some of the picks that they make. So if you want to tune into that, I will post that information onto my Twitter account. Um, if you follow me on Twitter, uh, it is D-O-M-O underscore S-W-A-Y-Z-E. That's Domo underscore Swayze is my Twitter handle. I will post the information on how you can watch that uh, live show that we'll be doing um, the night of the draft uh, as everything's going on and whatnot. So super excited about that i'm i'm super excited for this draft i really am i um i think it's going to be great i think it's going to make for like i said i think it's going to make for great tv i think there's going to be some great moments that come out of it um and we'll see everything that goes on um one last bit of information um before we get out of here ufc last week i talked to you about how dana white was attempting to acquire a private island so that way, you know, he could have the his UFC 249 event. Um, basically, you know, because because the UFC does have dealings with like ESPN, they're kind of under ESPN and things like that. And Disney owns ESPN. Disney, I I can only assume Disney basically made the call and was just like, "Hey, look, that's going to be a really bad look for our brand if we let you all do this. Uh, so you're going to have to shut it down." So. Uh, Dana White has announced that UFC 249 will be postponed, um, which kind of sucks. I, I'll be honest. The idea of like having these guys like get on a boat or whatever, or, like fly out to some remote private island and just have them fighting in some sort of cage in like the middle of nowhere was really cool to me. Like that, like it was like this, like sounds like something out of a movie. And I personally love it. <laughs> um, but we're going to have to wait for that. So we'll see what happens there. Um, Dana White, I will say, Dana White is extremely aggressive about this. And he has said that, you know, while we are postponed, I want to be the first sport back. Like, he's really pushing. Like, he wants to get this thing rolled. Like, he wants to get the ball rolling again. Because, I mean, why wouldn't you? Like, he's super passionate about this. And also, by the way, it makes him millions and millions of dollars. So, I understand that. Um, I was a little bummed out to hear that, you know, he basically got that call that was just like, yeah, no, buddy. <laughs> um, I would have loved to have seen them in some island and just like, yeah, some cage in an island and just watch guys beat the hell out of each other. Um, but yeah, that's uh, that's really all we got for you. Um, like I said, there was it was some important news today, and I'm happy that I actually had something to talk about because past couple weeks has been a little rough. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> um, 
but yeah, and look at us. We're we're my first episode under thirty minutes. Proud of me. Let me pat on the back. Good job, Dom. But anywho, this has been the Instant Replay Podcast. Thank you all so much for listening. Um, like I said, we will be back at our regularly scheduled time Tuesday next week. Um, make sure you check out check it out. And I promise I won't have any more late videos. Alrighty. Um, thank you all again. Thank you all so much for listening. This has been the Instant Replay Podcast. I'm Dominic Sharosky. And as always, remember, Kobe Bryant once said, no one hates the good ones. They only hate the great ones. So go out there and make some new haters today, guys. See you next time.